0: This is alternative history. Darn it! This is
1: alternative. (laughs) My God! This is alternative history.
0: I'm feeling good today, Rodrigo. I just got a nice haircut and I'm ready to go.
1: Why is that, Brian? Did you go to the barbershop or Barbershop 2 starring Ice Cube?
0: No, you know I, I cut my own hair, Rod, so I don't need to go to places like that.
1: That's very true. You are looking pretty fresh. I mean, in fact, I need to get hair filled pretty soon. Maybe we can book one up. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's nothing better than a nice fade to get a man feeling his uh, his tip-top here. And, you know, when you're feeling your tip-top, that's the best time to record a podcast. And that's what we're here to do today. We are the Alternative History Podcast. I am Brian. Which
1: is... Rodrigo, as always.
0: And today we are talking about the 2014
1: Green Bay Packers. So as usual, we, produ- we provided a topic, we decided that topic merits a, a different result, a different perception, an alternative history, and so the Packers of 2014, it was for their 2014 season where they lost the NFC Championship game to the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Yes, and if... Anyone knows anything about that game? It was rather tragic. If you lived in the confines of the state of Wisconsin that winter, it was a long, 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 long,
1: long winter. Tragic and traumatic for sure.
0: So, but before we get into the minutia of that game and the the madness of of my brain that occurred after that game, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the year of 2014.
1: Sounds good. So, Rod, you're gonna start us out with some movies? Some movies. So, first, before we go into the movies of 2014, at the 87th Academy Awards, uh, Birdman kinda dominates. It wins for Best Picture. Uh, Its director, Alejandro Iñárritu, I think that's how you say it, wins for Best Director, and Birdman also wins for Best Original Screenplay. The top three grossing films of 2014 worldwide were Transformers, Age of Extinction. (laughs) They should've just extincted it (laughs) after that. It was the fourth movie, right? Like I haven't. I don't remember. I remember yeah. Like I, f- like after the first one, they all just one too insane. many, if you will. The second uh, movie was The Hobbit: Battle of the Five Armies, and the third highest-grossing film of the year was Guardians of the Galaxy. 2014 was a huge year for movies. I don't want to always list off. I know that's boring, so I'm just gonna tell you the movies I liked in 2014. There was a lot of movies that came out that year. As I say, one was Whiplash. By the way, J.K. Simmons won Best Supporting Actor for that film. The Lego Movie, Chef. X-Men, Days of Future Past, Edge of Tomorrow, Jersey Boys, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Snowpiercer, that was Ga- a very good movie. I love that movie, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, which I also like, Love and Mercy, Inherent Vice, and A Most Violent Year. And lastly, I also really like the underrated Selma.
0: Yeah, for movies for me, uh, Interstellar is probably oh. the, the best one. Totally um, fair about that movie, yeah. Yeah, it, it's constantly on FX, and we're... Jessica and I watch it, like, whenever it's on. The uh, Love and Mercy, a very good movie. Lego movie, I'd be remiss if I haven't said that I've seen that movie at least 8,000 times.
1: I watch it because of you, for sure.
0: I, sometimes when we're driving, I'll just make the kids watch it just because I want to hear it while I'm driving. Because I, I find the it Batman hilarious. always fantastic, yeah. yep.
1: And so. what's odd, too, is in that year, a French designer, Yves Saint Laurent, had two biopics released about him. I don't know why. So let's talk about TV.
0: Sunday Night Football's the top show. A uh, TV show, I guess you would call it. It's a, it's a sporting event. Uh, after that is The Big Bang Theory, followed by NCIS, followed by NCIS Nollens, followed by Empire. <laughs> Again, with these shows that just, like, when, when something's good, you might as well just keep on remaking it. And remaking it, why don't they just do like, like Sunday Night Football, you know, Canada, right? Right, <laughs> or like
1: play it somewhere else? I hear, you? The Big Bang Theory is a show that I watched similar to how you watch shows. Like, I that show was on for a long time and yeah. I didn't really pay attention to it. And uh, one year for whatever reason, my cable situation was different and I had TBS and the show was on all the time, so I actually watched like the first several seasons and actually liked the show, but. As always happens with these shows, that go on too long and I got a little bored and I yeah. don't watch it anymore. I
0: was just reading they're ending it. I Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Other uh, shows that were on at the time, Gotham. Uh, it's I think it started, May started that year. Really, it's silly. Uh, I believe, really,
1: you, I silly. believe it, this year is the last season. Buffoonery,
0: if you ask me. I was really into Mad Men and The Walking Dead in 2014. I still watch The Walking Dead a little bit.
1: It's getting kind of rough around the edges.
0: And Sons of Anarchy was finishing up on FX... Good old Jax Teller. You
1: another show that went on too long.
0: Yeah, exactly. He should have got hit by... Th- I mean, oh, <laughs> don't want to spoil it. So, music. Uh, the top song of 2014 was Happy by Pharrell Williams. And I have a interesting story involving that song. I uh, was in Vegas, and we were imbibing. And I, uh, we kept walking by this lady, uh, this older Eastern European lady, who was uh, singing karaoke. So I got drunk and decided i didn't want to hang out with all the rest of the people that i was with so I, I went to this bridge and i sat with this lady for about a half hour and we sang karaoke together she got a lot of tips i didn't get any Did but you was, we sang happy nice. yes very yes good. it was very it was i think i was i was kind of like putting her off a little bit because she's like even in las vegas you're kind of a freak brian <laughs> I didn't stay very long. I I may have been hindering her business. So, Dark Horse by Katy Perry. I don't mind that song. I can't say that I know it. I I may know it audibly, Uh, I don't know it by name. All of Me by John Legend, Fancy by Iggy Azalea, and Counting Stars by One Republic.
1: I liked the video for Fancy. It was a it was a complete I'm not a
0: fan of One Republic. They have they a song are. called It's Too Late to Apologize, which I think is like the worst name for a song. It's never too late to apologize.
1: Bunch of jerks. The video for uh, for Fancy is like a shot-for-shot shot remake of movie Clueless. I thought it was pretty slick. By Iggy Azalea? Yep.
0: Oh, okay. The, yeah, Clueless. I thought you said Clue. I've never seen Clue. <laughs> Other music, the Frozen soundtrack, which is really big in my household right now, because I have a three-year-old daughter. That was, it came out in 2013, but it blew up in 2014. Indeed. And Run the Jewels 2 came out.
1: Very good album. Very good band.
0: So, top news. Ebola virus epidemic starts in West Africa, and it's it actually did spread to the United States that year. Russia was occupying Crimea. It eventually annexed it back to Mother Russia. <laughs> ISIS was uh, on the rise in the Middle East. Republicans took control of the Senate in the midterm elections. Robin Williams passed away. Michael Brown was killed by a police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. Ten days later, Eric Gardner was killed uh, by a chokehold. Uh, by an officer in in New York, these incidents would be the spark that brought the Black Lives Matter to the forefront. It was already it already existed prior to. President Obama announced the reopening of the U.S. Assembly in Havana, Cuba,
1: and uh, restoring diplomatic relations after more than 50 years. In the years is 2014. Uh, in January, Florida State beats Auburn 34 to 31 in the BCS Championship. The Seahawks mauled the Broncos 43-8 in Super Bowl 43. The Spurs beat the Heat 4 games to 1. Kawhi Leonard wins the MVP of the Finals. Real Madrid beats Atlético Madrid 4-1 after extra time. Germany beats Argentina 1-0 in the World Cup Final, also after extra time. And most famously, Germany knocked Brazil out of the semifinals 7-1. The Giants beat the Royals 4-3 in a 7-game classic. So we're going
0: to just talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers now. They have a pretty storied history. The organization was created in 1919 over the course of two meetings at the Green Bay Press-Gazette on August 11th and August 14th. Curly Lambeau, he was one of the founding members, and he was the first coach and the first halfback of the inaugural season. In 1921, that is the beginning of the Packers-Bears rivalry. Although in that first season they were known as the Chicago Staleys, I'm not. Sure, I'm, I'm wondering if they're named after somebody. I'm not sure. I can't remember. So the Packers unfortunately lost that game, to nothing, and the next season is when the Bears or the Staley's changed to the Bears. The same year, the Packers were admitted to the American Professional Football Association, which is the precursor to the NFL, and they were under the name the Acme Packers because they were named after the Acme Packing Company, who was now their sponsor, although their first initial sponsor was the Indian Packing Company because that's where Curly Lambeau worked, and he actually convinced some of the higher-ups to pay for some of their their uniforms. So 1922, uh, January 28th, The team is ousted from the APFA, the aforementioned American Professional Football Association, for using college players under an assumed name (laughs) for a a non-league game. I think it was in Racine. I believe they were Notre Dame players that they they had used and Newt Rockney had caught wind of it and he had already hated the pro game and wanted basically to have it finished after that. So they got kicked out of the league but six months later, uh, June 24th, they were re to the league under the new and at that point the, at that same meeting that they were readmitted, the league was changed from the APFA to what we now know as the NFL. So late 1922, early 1923, the team had to go public to pull them out of debt after a weather plague season. As you, can, as you know, has anyone been in Wisconsin, in particular, in Green Bay, which is a little bit north from where we are, in the lovely confines of River West neighborhood in Milwaukee? Yeah, yeah. Where we gotta lock our doors lest Santa Claus break in. So the weather up above us, up north from us, is a, l- a little bit more treacherous than it is down here. Everyone thinks. The weather in Milwaukee sucks, but it really sucks further north. So, 1925, City Stadium opens. It's the precursor to Lambeau Field. That same year, they beat the Bears for the first time in front of a raucous crowd of 5,389. Nice, good. 1929 through 1931, they win their first NFL titles. That's the and their second and their third. They're the first team to win three straight. 1959, they hire Vince Lombardi. 1967, uh, January 15th. They won the first ever Super Bowl 35-10 to 10 over the Kansas City Chiefs. Later that year, we defeat the Cowboys 21-17 in the Ice Bowl in one of the coldest and most iconic NFL games ever. So, championships. We won championships in 1929, 1930, 1931. Um, oddly, not oddly, but interestingly enough, these were won by just winning the regular season. There so, were no playoffs. Or should be, yes. Yeah. So playoff system was established in 1933. From there, we've won championships in 1936, 1939, 1944, 1961, 1962, 1965, 66, 67, 96, and 2010, the last four being Super Bowl victories. And we have 13 total championships, which is the most in the NFL. And one thing I just wanted to uh, bring up real quick about the, the Bear-Packer rivalry. There is a... I always hear a lot of Bears fans say how George Hallis saved the Green Bay Packers. It's been implied that he bailed them out financially. There is no legitimacy to that, that he actually provided any money. The biggest contribution that he made... He made several, but the biggest one was just playing the Green Bay Packers in the first place, taking a large market of Chicago and allowing the Packers to play them. It gave them a legitimacy, put them on the map, so to speak. But it was it was a it was a he realized it was a rivalry so it it, it was a, a symbiotic relationship where you know it, they You're they both, both benefited probably, from yeah. it. He actually did vote to expel the Packers from the APFA in 1922, so he wasn't all you know That's helpful. <laughs> That's great. The three other things that he did do that were rather important in the, in the history of the Packers. He helped plant the seed to have the Packers start playing in Milwaukee. Which in the '50s and '60s started uh, helping, you know, generate revenue when they were in a in a kind of a um, transitional period before Vince Lombardi came around. Which he then, in 1958, the Green Bay president, Dominik Olginzek, that's that's it, it's, 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 it's very, forward. I think, it's, I believe it's a Polish, Polish last name. He asked Hallis' opinion on a head coach, and and Hallis reportedly said, Vince Lombardi is your man. So he apparently helped usher that in. And so in 1956, George Hallis came up to Green Bay to help get a stadium referendum passed, which would eventually lead into the building of what's now Lambeau Field. So if you ever hear a Chicago Bear fan say that George Hallis saved the Green Bay Packers, there's more to it than that. So just so you know. With the Green Bay Packers... More almost more than any other team, head coaches have been connected at the hip with a star quarterback. So you got Lombardi and Star, Favre and Holmgren, Farv Favre and Holmgren, yep, McCarthy and Rogers. Yep. Lombardi and Star have five championships, two Super Bowls. Holmgren and Favre, they have one Super Bowl and two McC- fear- yep, They yep, fear- yep, have yep. lost in the 97 Super Bowl. McCarthy and Rogers have the one Super Bowl. McCarthy was recently fired as as head coach of our Green Bay Packers. So as everyone knows, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and the, the man who was the quarterback in 2014... Is The GOAT Rodgers. As As of recording,
1: January 2019, Aaron Rodgers is the Greenbacker quarterback. Yes, yes. yes.
0: So, I just want to go over his resume a little bit. He is the 2011 Super Bowl champion, 2011 and 2014 NFL MVP, the... He was a Super Bowl MVP when the, the year they won the Super Bowl. He's thought of as one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. He has an interception rate of 1.5%, which is the best ever and kind of insane. <laughs> During his tenure, the team has had only really two good defenses, which is important because we'll be talking about that later. 2009 and 2010, the years that they had top rated or in the at least top five defenses. Just to go over the years real quick uh, to lead us up to 2014, 2008. He was his first year as a starter. No playoffs. 2009, uh, they made the playoffs and lost to the Cardinals 51-45 in OT in a, in a bit of a controversial ending where he got s- s- strip-sacked for a touchdown and the, there was a face mask. Clearly a face mask, yeah. yes. 2010, they won the Super Bowl. They won Bowl. the Super Bowl
1: against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Uh,
0: 2011, they lost to the Giants in the divisional round 37-20. 2012, lost to the 49ers in the divisional round, 45-31. to 31. 2013, they lose to the 49ers again in the wild card round, 23-20. to 20. We were talking about this earlier. To me, the defense folded in the last five minutes. It, it was the season where Aaron Rodgers came back from a broken collarbone and led them into the playoffs. And to us, it kind of seemed like it, they were, yeah, the defense let up and let it, the last five minutes kind of go to lose the game by a, a field goal. But they seem like they're kind of emerging into something better for 2014 at the end of that game.
1: Which leads us into the 2014 season. So the 2014 season was the Green Bay Packers franchise's 96th season overall, 94th in the National Football League, as Brian alluded to. And this was the ninth under uh, head coach Mike McCarthy. The team tied with four other teams for league-best 12 wins and four losses, while also adding a fourth consecutive NFC North Division title. They had a, they had tiebreakers over the teams. The other 12-4 teams, we actually had the second seed that year. The Packers went undefeated at home the first time since 2011. They also led the league in scoring with 486 points, the second most in franchise history. It marked the first time since 2009 that the team had a 4,000-yard passer, two 1,000-yard receivers, and, one, and a 1,000-yard rusher. They won the divisional round playoff game against the Cowboys, but then lost the conference championship game against the Seattle Seahawks, and one of the biggest collapses in NFL playoff history. (laughs) Still hurts! As Brian said, quarterback Aaron Rodgers was named Lee's MVP, uh, and the Packers made the playoffs that year for the sixth straight season, tying a record set between 1993 and 1998. So we've actually gotten pretty deep into the show, and we haven't even really set our premise. So the premise was that this team... Should have won Super Bowl.
0: Packers of the 2014 NFL season made it all the way to the NFC Championship game and played the Seattle Seahawks. Don't want to get into the blow-by-blow blow of it, but we're gonna get there basically, shortly. We're gonna we're gonna decide whether or not they should have won the game because, as you'll you'll see when we explain it, there was there were some exceptional circumstances that were involved in this game. So
1: indeed, before we get to that point, let's talk about the 2014 season. So week one. Ironically enough, the Green Bay Packers lose in Seattle 36 to 16. Yeah, they got they got killed that game. Oh, there was a Thursday night game that kicked off the season. I remember I was coaching soccer and, like, the young people were rushing to get out of there to watch the game. The people are my, like, they, the older players, the veterans, were like, eh, Packers are going to get killed. I really don't want to care. I don't really care. So we actually stayed in practice as out of there. We went to watch the game, had to practice, and, of course, they got murdered. It's the first time the teams face each other since the Fail Mary game. This is the game that made Brian hate Russell Wilson. It was the game where we intercepted the ball, and the uh, the alternate refs gave them the game.
0: Alternate refs, it was, yeah, <laughs>
1: the fake-ass refs. <laughs> Week two of the 2014 season, the Green Bay Packers defeated the New York Jets 31-24 to in Green Bay. It's funny how memory works, because in my brain, in this game, I thought that we did this in the fourth quarter where we hit Jordan Nelson, where Rodgers hit Jordan Nelson on an 80-yard pass for a touchdown. This actually occurred in the third quarter, and there was no scoring in the fourth quarter of this game. Week 3, the uh, in Detroit, Green Bay loses 7-19. This is one of the worst games under Aaron Rodgers' tenure in his entire career as a Packer. He threw for 162 passing yards, his lowest since his first year as a starter in 2008.
0: Yeah, they they were, I remember watching that game, and it was,
1: ugh. It was probably one of the worst games I've seen him play. Agreed. I remember that. It was was messed up. One of the things that's become kind of famous with Aaron Rodgers, and it started this season and during this era of his career, the Packers wouldn't always start off very good, and he'd have some sort of, like, catchphrase or some sort of gesture that would galvanize the team, if you will. So this this was the year where he told everybody to R-E-L-A-X after this Detroit Lions loss. Yeah. The next year, I believe the next year is where he, like, shushes the crowd, and I think that the next year after that is when he says they're going to run the, table, the table. And they got yeah, to the NFC yeah. championship game. So during week three to week four, he tells the crowd to relax in an interview with Jason Wilder here in Green Bay uh, for the Green Bay Press Gazette. Uh, Bay At week four, the Green Bay Packers play the hated Chicago Bears, and we smashed them 38-17 in Chicago. Rodgers was good to his word. He threw 22 out of 28 passes for 302 yards and four touchdowns with zero interceptions. He had a passer rating of 151.2. It's only the second time in his career where he had done that, gone over 150. And this was the second game in NFL history where there was not a punt. The next week, week five, the Packers beat the Vikings 42-10. to Again, now, this is when I started thinking this team was pretty good because we're starting to put up points. I was like, that's good.
0: It's not even that we were putting up points, that we were, like, murdering
1: teams. Putting up points and not giving up points. Cause, yeah. Because a couple of years earlier, after the Packers won the Super Bowl, we had a 15-1 and season where we were whooping everybody's ass scoring points, but... It was, like, 52 to, like, 48, the scores were. No, it wasn't whooping. that bad. It was good. It was They were closer than they needed to be. Well, the point was that we talked about this off-mic, they ended up actually having, like, the 31st or 32nd ranked defense that year where they went 15-1. and This year... They're starting to blow teams out, and they're not giving up very many points. So it kind of let a little bit, of, gave me a little bit of hope. And like Brian said, we were starting to build up something from that last from that last season. Week six, the Green Bay Packers beat Miami twenty-seven to twenty-four at Miami. Uh, I actually listened to the game on the radio. I was helping my stepfather do some stuff around his house, and I was driving home and I had to pull over to listen to listen to this game. And this is where Aaron Rodgers pulls a hamstring and wins the game by doing a Dan Marino in Miami. Brett Favre had also done this once. But basically, they go up to the line and pretend to spike the ball to stop the clock. He does not spike the ball, he fakes spikes and finds an open receiver in the end zone for us to win the game. It was pretty sweet, that. That, that was awesome. The next week, week seven, Green Bay beats Carolina Panthers 38 to 17 in Green Bay. The only reason that I want to say about this one is that this was now the fourth game in a row after the Packers had, after Aaron Rodgers told totally relaxed. to relax. The uh, Carolina Panthers end up going seven, eight, and one this season and winning their division. The next year they go 15 one and lose in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they were. So they were a good teams. So, yeah, so good we're starting to put too. we're starting to put points up on good teams and not giving up a lot of points. Week eight was a uh, was a bump in the road. We go to New Orleans lose 44 to 23 the game was tied uh 16 to 16 uh this is where he where he re-aggravated his ha- where Aaron Rodgers re the hamstring injury and they were not able to compete this was the third game in NFL history where there was not where there was not a punt week nine bye. week 10 this is where it's real now this is where the Packers get real they come back from the bye and they beat the hell out of the Chicago Bears 55 to 14 in Green yeah, Bay Quite a whooping. He uh, rested his hamstring, and they came out and built an insurmountable forty-two to nothing lead at
0: halftime. Did he throw like six touchdowns in the first half, setting, so setting
1: or tying the record for the Packers? Yep, it was, uh, it, was it was an impressive beatdown. Uh, in fact, it was an impressive beatdown, and the Bears actually also became the first NFL team in over ninety years to give up over fifty points in consecutive games. That was also a plus. <laughs> oh, the good
0: old days. Yes, sir. <laughs> Week eleven. Now they're
1: good. Now they're good. Oh. The Packers are bad. Week 11, 53-20 win against the Eagles in Green Bay. We've talked about this when we talked about the Minnesota Vikings team. If a team has scored 50 points, I think they can win a Super Bowl. Here, we've gone and scored 50 points two seasons or two weeks in a row, essentially against playoff teams. Or no, I'm sorry, the Eagles didn't make the playoffs this year. But they went ten and six, so that was a yeah. really good team. Yeah, and the we, Carolina you know, Panthers. We, we were,
0: yeah. I remember texting my cousin and apologizing because <laughs> my
1: cousin's from Philadelphia, and I was like, "I'm sorry that this had
0: this happened." We beat the hell out of like, really, I'm really, very really happy
1: good. about it, but I am sorry. And, and this game featured a fact that the Packers scored touchdowns on all three parts for all three parts of their team: offense, defense, and special teams. Pep Julius Peppers returned a touchdown, returned an interception for touchdown. Uh, his second of the year. Micah Hyde returned a, a, a punt for touchdown as well. So the Packers went off. It looks like we're about to get real serious for this playoff push. Now to the heart of the season. Week 12, a 24-21 victory in Minnesota. The Packers now improved to an eight and three records. Uh, this was a unique game because the Vikings were building their new stadium. So this was the first time since 1981 that the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings played an outdoor game in Minnesota. Hmm, Good. We beat them. Yes, sir. Week 13 in a potential Super Bowl preview, the Green Bay Packers defeat the New England Patriots. How many times has that
0: happened? Like, the world wants to see Brady play right. Rodgers and we've been so close a couple of times and it's just play
1: out. exactly so <laughs> the Packers beat the Patriots 26 to 21 this was a good game essentially the Packers couldn't score any red zone touchdowns in the fourth quarter a preview of things to come I guess you could say but yeah. uh, in this game Devontae Adams had a pretty good game but dropped a huge touchdown at the end and then Aaron Rodgers didn't go to Devontae Adams for the rest of the season next game is week 14 Green Bay against Atlanta. In Green Bay, we went forty-three to thirty-seven. This is
0: a game that kind of frightened me because they had a rather large lead, and they were like the defense just kind of put it in cruise control or something like that. I'm not sure what was what happened. Thirty-one
1: but, to seven at halftime to, to, yeah. to prove your point you to have a your point.
0: And I got scared because I, I'd seen defenses like this in the past. In particular, With this Packer 11. team. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that game made me nervous and, and if there if any game put a little bit of doubt in me, it was that game. understood. Definitely.
1: Week 15, 21-13 loss at Buffalo. That was just one of those road games where they just couldn't get anything going. And interestingly enough, I didn't know if you knew this. We had actually the Green Bay Packers had actually never beaten the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo until this year. until this season of yeah. 2018. So yeah, this was just which, n- another
0: loss, to them. which is odd because it took one of our worst teams in the last 12 years just to beat, to those, beat exactly. yeah Buffalo Bills at home.
1: And so besides them, besides them losing to Buffalo again, another reason this game is important is because this is a game where he he messes up his calf. Like Aaron Rodgers tears a calf, and this becomes an issue going into the playoffs. Week 16, the Green Bay Packers beat Tampa Bay 20-3 to back on track, but you can see Rodgers is hobble and nursing that calf. Week 17, last game of the regular season, Green Bay defeats Detroit 30-20 in Green Bay. The Packers and Lions are both 11-4 and playoff bound. They played they play for the NFC North Division title uh, and a first-round bye in the playoffs. Packers win. The Lions end up going to Dallas and losing that that losing the next week, and Dallas comes to Green Bay for the divisional round. In the NFC divisional round, that Green Bay beats Dallas twenty six to twenty one in Green Bay. It's a back and forth game until the Packers take control late in the third quarter and early fourth. Devonte Adams had dropped passes against New England, and like I say, Rodgers didn't go to him for the rest of for like the last month of the season. But in this playoff, he has a big game. He has one hundred and seventeen yards on seven catches including a 45-yard, what I said, Randy Moss-like touchdown run. We watched that game here at your house, and where I used to talk about Randy Moss was like, it would look like he wasn't putting forth effort when he was running, and it would look like everybody around him was killing themselves to run, and he was just blown by them. This is what I saw in Devontae Adams that game. I was like, why is he not running fast, and no one could catch him? And I was like, oh, never mind. I take it back, he is running fast. This was a preview of, of things to come with Devontae Adams, as he has now become essentially a premier receiver in the league. He's a little one of the known best fact guys. is that there's quicksand pits in Lambeau Field. <laughs> and only Devontae
0: Adams knew where
1: they were. <laughs> this game is made most famous by a quote-unquote controversial non-touchdown uh, catch. Yeah. When well, we talked about this off-mic, you said it was controversial. I didn't mean to shoot you down, but you, you had a point. You were, you were right that basically... It's controversial to common sense.
0: On right? some levels,
1: but, yes. but when we watched it, it was no controversy. No. Yeah, the rule was I mean, clear. He did yeah. not catch the ball going down. And the ball bounced yeah, up. Yeah, but everything that I know
0: about catching things. That was a catch. Fine. That I, that <laughs> like, like if if a baby was falling from a third-story window and I caught it, and then I fell to the ground, and then
1: I put the baby down, someone wouldn't be like, woo, no! woo, you didn't catch that baby Well if you didn't I know Okay, the hell I didn't catch okay. that baby but What happens if you do what he did He didn't just put the ball down He smashed right. the I ball down I wouldn't smash the baby okay. on the ground but You didn't maintain possession but, of the baby I, I wouldn't re- <laughs> But
0: I maintained control of the baby And the baby was fine <laughs> but, but he so didn't I caught that baby He did not Des Bryant By the rules of the NFL I didn't catch that baby, that, that, baby exactly. that baby I
1: perished That's right. right So the Packers win that game it was, it was a great playoff victory This sets up the NFC Championship game In Seattle So, Green Bay Packers lose 28-22 in Seattle. Green Bay lost this match despite having a 16-0 halftime lead and a 19-7 lead with about five minutes Uh, left in the game. Even the the words just coming out of your your mouth (laughs) just hurt. You can definitely interject here. Burn. The Packers forced five turnovers, with four of them being Wilson interceptions. However, the Packers only scored six points off of those five turnovers, and had only one touchdown, allowing the Seahawks to remain within striking distance. Within, With over five minutes left remaining in the fourth quarter, Wilson was intercepted for the fourth time by Morgan Burnett, who then slid down as if the game was won. The Packers executed essentially a ultra-conservative tactic by running the ball three times in a row for negative two, negative two, and two yards, wasting only ten seconds of the clock due to timeouts by Seattle. Packers punted, and the Seahawks scored on their first offensive touchdown on their next drive to cut the deficit to five. With two minutes and nine seconds remaining, the Packers leading 19-14, to the Seattle Seahawks were able to recover an onside kick that was fumbled by Packer tight end Brandon Bostic.
0: Well, I wouldn't quite call it, I think fumble's a misnomer. Like, he never actually had, it just bounced it, off his head.
1: He, he, he muffed it for sure. Yeah. It, it went actually, it went through his hands, off his face. And back into the hands of a Seattle player named Matthews.
0: Yeah, I got it. Well, yes. so. I couldn't. I couldn't bear to watch it. I was. I was. I was actually walking around the block with a seven and seven in my hand, drinking heavily, and watching it on my phone. And I saw that a man named <laughs> Matthews a, recovered it, and I was scroll, like, Girl, "Yeah,
1: you said the scroll. You were watching that game. You were No, no, the yeah, I was watching the scroll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I was reading what was happening because I couldn't. Wa- I couldn't bear to watch it. And I saw a guy named Matthews recovered the onside kick. I was like, "Yeah, Clay Matthews. Not thinking why the hell would Clay Matthews be out there." <laughs> But I was just so I was like, yeah, Clay Matthews got it, and then I saw that they got, and then I didn't hear anyone else cheering. Like a lot of times, I'll 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 stand outside and I'll just hear the fans. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. and then then I'll hear like the whole neighborhood cheering. I'll be like, oh, thank God, I came back inside. Something good happened. Exactly. Anyhow,
1: in this case, the Seahawks recovered the onside kick. They scored a touchdown on the following drive to go up 20-19. to Essentially, a Hail Mary attempt on a two-point conversion made the score 22-19 Seahawks with 1 minute 30 remaining in regulation. Aaron Rodgers led a comeback and set up a field goal with Mason Crosby score to force overtime. Seahawks win the coin toss, elect to receive the ball, and essentially score a touchdown on the fifth play of their first drive in overtime, ending the Packers season. It was devastating. <laughs> yeah. So real in pro- quick, oh. to say something. the Packers led the league in The Packers led the league in scoring with 486 points. Kuhn, Nelson, and Sitton were all pro bowlers. Kuhn was a first team all pro. Nelson and Sitton were second team all pro. Clay Matthews was a pro bowler. Aaron Rodgers was pro bowler, first team all pro and MVP of the season. Yeah.
0: So that's what really happened. We're going to unpack it a little bit here, but real quick, so in preparation for this, I really, and I, I had texted you during the week, and I, I, I told you that I really, really wanted to get through the game again, and I, I never even got through it at the beginning of the first time, the first time, I do that, yeah. And you told and me I that, I, really, I, was, <laughs> I was listening to it, the YouTube broadcast, or rebroadcast of it on at work, and I, I got to halftime, and they were up 16 nothing, and I was like, that's it, I can't. I can't.
1: I can't go any further. You better watch it.
0: I was was like, I love myself too much to do that to myself. Mm. To listen to that garbage that happened in the second half. I mean, I know exactly what happened blow for blow because it's. I mean, you can't live in this state and be a fan of the Packers and not know what happened because everyone's got an opinion on it. But it was just like to visually have to see it and audibly hear it. Like reading it, I can handle, but seeing it and hearing it is just. I had, a, I had a cousin much.
1: I had a cousin who was in 8th grade I remember you telling me so this was story was essentially a
0: child <laughs> you almost yes yeah <laughs> Essentially a child and basically <laughs>
1: he kept on saying like I can't believe we're going to the Super Bowl I can't believe we're going to the Super Bowl he said this shit like five or six times you should have after aunt, the first my, time my aunt was like I wish you'd stop saying that because I'm not sure it's going to happen and like he wouldn't stop saying it I'm like and nothing's in the bag yet. You know, I couldn't say it. So like, should have been in the bag. is him. You know, I, like, I was like, don't count You should have snuffed them out, like, don't count chickens everyone. before they hatch. You know, and after it, I, I just looked at him and said hubris. And I left it alone in the bag. <laughs> in fact, to this day, I still, every now and then, if he gets underneath my get a little bit, so, I'll say hubris. You know, they say that when something
0: significant happens to you, like the birth of a child, or like tragic, like the death of a parent, or some kind of national tragedy, that you remember everything that happened that day. a lot of it, yeah. I remember almost everything I did on this day, yeah. just because it was so yeah. traumatic and like ingrained into my psyche, that we were at a birthday party for friend of the show, a friend of ours, Jason Glowing. Early in the day,
1: I remember this, yes, I remember uh, His call.
0: son, uh, we were at a, uh, uh, like a gymnastics place. And uh, I remember inviting a bunch of people over after the game. And my cousin got here early to open the place, open the house up to let people over. We had a bunch of people over all watching. And everyone was cheering, and I was watching the first half. And then I, I just didn't get, I had a bad feeling for some reason. I don't know why. And it, it, it might have been the 12 7-7s seven I had in the first half.
1: <laughs> to ease the nerves. Yeah. We've talked about this. What's, what's weird about being an adult fan here in Green Bay or here in Milwaukee as a Packer fan when we were kids during the era of Favre, I remember all those playoff games. Even though we lost and when we won, they were still fun. Like those were fun to watch. At the 2000, something changed. Basically, in the 2007 season, we watched that change. You know what happened? We got we became adults, and, and like all the other
0: things in our lives that we used to do to blow off steam and have a lot of fun, kind of was like contracting. And we weren't doing that as, as much. As much, fine. And the Green Bay Packers became a bigger part of our lives. And basically, the, the Packers disappointed us greatly for from 2007 until currently, outside of the 2010 season. But, see,
1: the point is, like like I said, so we were out during Favre, and it was fun. Like, when they started to lose, like they just weren't very good with Favre in the playoffs. You know, it was like, whatever. They didn't really do anything anymore after they got the Super Bowl. But, like... They got to that NSA championship game in 07, and that game just wasn't fun to watch. And, like, even the games yeah. where they won the Super Bowl with Rodgers, those games weren't fun to watch. At the end of the day, when we were younger, these playoff games were fun to watch. These weren't fun to watch. And specifically, this game, though it was pretty fun at the beginning, was not fun to watch. It was like 30 minutes left. Okay, can we can we finish this off? And they proved unable to finish it
0: outside off. of the 2010 season, and you know the Packers run in the, in the mid to late 90s when they were really good. I haven't been able to watch a playoff game and have any kind of enjoyment. Just it's just too much of a yeah. stressor.
1: Even even during that season when we won the Super Bowl, it wasn't that fun to watch. Except, for, I, the, except for the Atlanta for the Atlanta yeah, very fun to watch.
0: I do want the Green Bay Packers to win Super Bowls, but I've been I've been kind of it's been kind of like a. My heart has been on, like, a stressed vacation since since they haven't made the playoffs the last two years. Just because it's kind of, I'm like, it's... And not that there's other, I don't have other stressors in my life, but for some reason I take that, like, way too seriously. And, like, the widowmaker is coming if these guys don't win the championships. Anyhow. So, the parts that I did watch in the first half, the, the first thing that was... A Little annoying was Aaron Rodgers on their first possession through a t- uh, uh, interception in the end zone. Right, granted, we got the ball back right away, but they were moving the ball pretty well. And had that interception not occurred, he there's a good chance they may have scored a touchdown. I mean, who knows at this point. But when they got the ball back finally, so Aaron Rodgers threw an interception on the first possession and then, like, immediately was one right away. like, I'm just as good as Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna throw an interception too. Yeah. So he throws an interception. And then we get the ball down to the one yard line, and we can't get it in. It's fourth and one. So they thought it looked like John Kuhn scored, but then, well, didn't. but because we have the like obscenely graphic instant replays now, so where you can see Def, everything, he didn't score for sure. Like his elbow was, his elbow was, his down. elbow was down before he crossed the plane. For part, sure, some part exactly. of his anatomy had he, hit the ground. He, he was down point. for sure. What, whatever. <laughs> so. So it's fourth and inches, and you got Eddie Lacy and John Kuhn, two of the bigger, more stronger backs in the league, and you don't go for it. To me, that was le- that left four points on the field, and then again, I, I don't know what possession it was. It was a couple, if it was the following possession or or one or two after that, they had another situation where they, I believe, they were. It was fourth and two, and they end up kicking a field goal. So that's to me, that's another four points, possibly. Mm-hmm. So you can argue that you can't really count those points, but. To me, I thought maybe playing Seattle in Seattle against—they're the defending Super Bowl champions, best defense in the league,
1: arguably best defense, league, best defense. If you got a yes, best defense. Actually, ever. probably the best defense ever to be yeah. put on with you. But I'll come back. If to If you get second. a
0: chance to step on their throats, you got to do it right away.
1: The reason, see, the thing is like. The thing is, like, I like how you frame the discussion here. Now it's a little better than what we were talking about earlier. Because I felt like when you said it, and I know it was, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, it was definitely other people were saying it. But they always accused McCarthy of being too conservative, and like I've seen that, like, definitely, like, in other situations, and even later in his game, that definitely happens. But I felt in the early, in the first half, I don't think he was being conservative. I think he just got stuffed, and he didn't want to get, he didn't want to mess up anymore because they were. Yeah. That was one of the best defense ever. So, like, I, that, no, I'm sorry. I think they might be better than the Bears. Keep in mind that in the previous Super Bowl, they smashed the Broncos, who were very good, forty-three to eight. They yeah. didn't give up any kind of points. And like, I think the week before, they they I want to say they shut out Carolina or they blew out Carolina. Like, and they just stopped us twice in a row on that on, on short yardage. I don't think he wanted to risk losing it. The one thing that bothered me with the very first drive, and I'll give you this. And this is something that I found was thematic throughout the whole game, and more Matt at the Packers than I am at McCarthy. We had so many dumb penalties. So after we had the interception, the one you're talking about, the very first one we came back, we should have been on the five or the seven to start the drive off.
0: Yeah, there was but a. But
1: Mike Neal yeah. came and started talking trash, and they gave us a 15 yard penalty. I think that that also, like, stops it from scoring a touchdown. I think that if you can just start right away,
0: yeah, definitely. It's a big
1: deal. Yeah. Because my point was, well, now you, you clearly did not say McCarthy was being conservative, so I didn't mean to put that in your mouth, but that's kind of the feeling I got from a lot of other people in terms of that first half where we didn't score points. I watched that game again. He went for it. Like, we just didn't do it. Like, there was a couple plays where, where Rodgers wasn't completely on. Like, he missed Jordan Nelson wide open on a touchdown where it was like a one-hand grab. Yeah. Nine out of ten times. He puts that in his chest. Like, there were plenty of times where they just didn't do it. And my point is, like, you know, that's playoff football. Like, these are the great defenses. And, like, I thought that any points you score on this team were good enough, and they were building and building and building. Yeah, yeah. Of so, course, we want To me, touchdowns. the first Agree. one,
0: the first one, it, I think it would be such a huge momentum boost if you get the touchdown. If you don't, you got them pinned
1: down there. Yeah, but if you don't, that's that's what they thrive on. That's their that defense. Like yeah. that's who they that's who yeah. they are. Like they make, they make make that that's... stop, and then it's on. But whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, they. they, they, they we didn't I, it. I mean, yeah, we can go back and forth on that. The, and, and the, the second one you're talking about, another one. To your point, the other one, the next interception was more clay matthews we have a chance to go further into their further deeper into their dry uh, uh part of the field after the interception and matthews comes in and tries to knock out russell wilson with a blindside block hits him in the head doesn't get the concussion comes oh, I mean, this close to getting a concussion like you see russell wilson's knee buckle the wrong way he didn't go through the concussion protocol. Apparently, he was fine. Well, he was
0: drinking them nano bubbles that, that he was. That he can, that he that's another reason why fan. I couldn't. He, yes, he, he, because I thought that was there. a. He was doing the. Uh, a pup, it was it was a danger, to the public yes. by saying, "Drink these nano bubbles, and they'll get rid of your uh, concussions." <laughs> he probably he probably also thinks that the world is flat, and no, that Kyrie, we haven't been to the moon. That's
1: Kyrie Irving. I know.
0: Just, and Steph
1: Curry. I hear just, you. I hear you. And so for science me, for me, right? like science. You know, so but. the team went up sixty nothing. Like they they were dominating this game. Like there is a there is another play in the first half where Aaron
0: Rodgers threw a really really bad interception to no one in particular to Sherman. He, he threw no me. no. It was to Maxwell, but there was, he threw it to nobody okay. because it was it was it was either a wrong route or he misread it or something. I don't know. There was some kind of miscommunication somewhere, but he's ultimately responsible because he's throwing the ball. Right. He. There was nobody there when he threw it except Maxwell, and he intercepted it.
1: I think he threw three interceptions this year, or in this game, and I think that he'd thrown something like eight the entire season. Five. five. so yeah. almost...
0: 38 yeah. touchdowns, five
1: interceptions. Eight, yeah, yeah, five. So he threw four, 60% of the amount of interceptions so in the season in this game. When he
0: threw that interception, we were definitely within field goal range, like particularly in Seattle. I mean, it was raining and all, but Crosby had a
1: good season and good, a good yeah, game. Good so good to game.
0: your point, so again, my point... So I, at the very least, you can argue that they should have been up 19 to nothing. I mean, you could say 23 nothing. You could say 27 nothing. On the high end, 27 nothing. On the low end, 19 nothing. I I would that would be
1: especially if you see it, you're in field goal range and you throw an interception. Like that's why you don't want to go for it when you have points on the board. Yeah, but in my I mean, opinion, in it,
0: so with so that first interception Aaron Rodgers threw was kind of it got negated by uh, Mr. Namble Bubbles throwing yeah, his yeah, own yeah, interception. Yeah. But then that interception, that was just a bad, bad interception. Like there that that's total points off the board. And that there really isn't like any controversy or anything you can say, like if it would have went this way or that way, like that, he just made a bad play. So definitely could have had three more points. And in a game that there was this close, that was completely the
1: difference right there. Yeah, but I hate those arguments because you could st- you make. The- – well, I'm can- making that – I'm setting it
0: up because you, you can make – everyone makes the arguments for the second half, yeah. all these mistakes. Well, here, there's – a uh, to me, there's uh, mistakes in not going for it and then mistakes in, in throwing that interception. You talk about all the decisions made in the second half. I think there were decisions made in the first half that were just as crucial and just as important that left points on the field as opposed to letting Seattle score points
1: that makes sense? Um, Yeah, of course. But I I just feel that the defensive mistakes are the ones that were more costly. Because, again, I stand by it. This is a team that doesn't give up points, like, no matter what. Like, this is what they do. Like, like, it'd be one thing if, like, they just were conservative and go for it. I mean, he got down to fourth and goal. You couldn't score him. You already ran twice. It happened again. Like, like, like they don't want to – if you don't – so, basically, if you don't score him, now you're in more trouble. You know what I mean? Like – yeah. Yes and no. Because you can make the I same mean, arguments. Because you can make those same because arguments. Because you have
0: a lot more time to let the game to make different decisions throughout the game. If you make a mistake early, right? So yeah. So to me, kicking the field
1: goal was a mistake. They should have went for it. Right. I'd I disagree. I stand by because if they don't, because again, if, if you if you gotta get, you have to put the points on the board in that team. Like you can't not score points. That's but, what we, we would like. I say I, I go back to their. I just go back to their dominance. Like that was. I read somewhere that they had. They were the first team since the '84 and then '85 Bears to lead the league in points allowed and then yards allowed. Like they were, they were phenomenal. Like that—that's yeah. the thing—is like I kind of feel like because they—they the thing for me is that they made their name on their defense, and it wasn't their defense that won the game. It was—it was their offense and our capitulation on defense. It wasn't uh, a capitulation in mean, offense. To
0: me, it was their defense. And, I mean, so, I mean, we can get into a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about the second half now? Yeah. About right. what happened. Absolutely. So, uh, I have this section labeled the collapse. Yeah. So, we were up 19-7 with three minutes and 52 seconds to go in the game. We got to that point because Seattle had a fake field goal that turned into a touchdown.
1: I'm going to go back to this play. On third and 19 in the third quarter, Clay Matthews is another 15-yard penalty. That's what leads to this field goal, this fake field goal. Like, I don't think you can blame the offense when the defense, the whole game, not even the defense, when the, when the defense was essentially committing dumb penalties throughout the entire game, because that was, what was uncharacteristic about this game. Was that the the defense had an unusually dumb amount of penalties, just like dumb stuff all game. I know why. It's because the Seahawks were jerks and they were always doing dirty stuff and they had a reputation for this kind of stuff. And even the next game when they lose to the Patriots. They start a fight at the end of that game. Like Those guys were jerks. They were always doing dirty stuff. Got to be better than that. But fine. So- uh, to, to
0: the point of Clay Matthews, though, Clay Matthews made a name for himself, uh, a bad name for himself, when he came out in the 2013 season after we had lost to the. We got blown out by the, uh, in the playoffs. By the 49. By the 49ers. Yep. And he came out. I think we played them like that first game that year or in the first couple games that season. And he just tried to blow up. Kaepernick out out of bounds.
1: The first game of the season, we play them, yes. and that, that's a game where he does the kind of dirty stuff. Yep, Th- that's the year we lose to them twenty three to twenty in the playoffs. Yeah. Yes, okay, so, so yeah, you're right. So this is so he'd already essentially, so, and he still has this reputation. Mind you, going into this twenty eighteen season, we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah, but I mean,
0: he, and he pretty much stated that that was he that's what he was going to do, and he did it. And he got flagged, and it was super flagrant. So I think he kind of started losing the benefit of the doubt with hits because I think a lot of refs got colored to the point where they're like, he's trying to hurt people. We need to, you know, rein this guy in. And essentially he
1: still got called for penalties this late in his career, 2018. Remember the change rules? He was getting called for for late hits that cost us games. It costed on someone He was getting (laughs) called for penalties.
0: But I think he kind of
1: earned his own reputation. So Morgan Burnett, the interception that he had. There was a play prior to that. There was a third and six in the fourth quarter where we stopped them behind the line. It should have been like fourth and five. They pushed the pile and get a first down to keep the drive running. Like like this is that one another play was like if you watch it like how. Does this happen?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's nothing new in reference to... Third and uh, six? The Green Bay Packers mm. defense. Fun. Yep, you know, yep. Yes, yes. Doing some kind of... Going out of their way to...
1: to Do something to, dumb. To, the next play was Morgan Burnett's yeah. dumb play. Yes, where we... As I said, he intercepts the ball, sits down, thinking the game was over. Yeah. You know, so... you oh, the whole right side. You the whole... I saw some video later where, like, you see, like, the whole right side of the field is wide open. He has a yeah. touchdown. Like... That's what, I, that's what I've
0: heard. I'm Actually, I, 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 I can't bring myself to watch it, like I mentioned. Yeah. But a lot of guys, when you're in this big of a game and in this crucial period of the game, you're thinking, I just made a really good play. Don't do anything stupid. And that's what other players were thinking, too. So they told him to get down. He just didn't want to fumble. So best-case scenario, he runs a little bit, or worst-case scenario, he runs a little bit further and gets in field goal range. Best-case scenario, he scores a touchdown, Worst worst case scenario, he fumbles and they get the ball and back. and they get the ball back. Like and one then in a we're, million opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So and Morgan Burnett probably isn't thinking when he's going down. He's probably like, he's probably not thinking, oh, we're gonna you know run it three times and not gain a yard, right? Yes. So he's probably thinking, we got Aaron Rodgers, we're we're sealing this bad boy, which is the, they did the exact opposite. They ran it the three times. That uh, yeah, I understand the. Everyone wants to... Not everyone, but people want to put it on Morgan for not running it. Yeah. But when you got Aaron Rodgers, you got to think that, you know, he's going to ice the game. That's what that's what he's here for. But
1: they didn't even give him a chance to do that. Well, for me, it was just one of one of many plays on uh, defensive special teams that shouldn't have happened that happened in the second half. That if any one of these plays happens differently, the game is over. Like, that, that's my thing. Like, any single one. If he... Like you say, if he just goes 10 yards more, he's in field goal range. Like... That's a big deal because mason they had a great yeah. game. Or as I say, if Matthews doesn't commit a dumb penalty, the game's over. Like you know, like they they just keep doing stuff throughout the whole game where it's like in the second half where it's like incredible mistakes that you can't believe because it's an NFC Championship game. Like the I've I've watched football my whole life. I've only seen like five fake field goal for touchdowns in my entire life, and one of them happens in this game. Like you never well, see that. Like and that guy. The coach of the special teams named Sean Slocum. he gets fired the next day. Yeah. Whatever, We can come back with that. But whatever. Like, he like, was the
0: only casualty.
1: At that time, yes. Happened. And he should have been but more casual Some more heads should have rolled. But yes.
0: The, 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 the play to me that out of, like all of those things to me are just things that happen within a football game. All these plays seem like they were football plays and weren't something that's supernatural. See, for me it looked to supernatural. Me, when I watched them again, I was like, I, was like, I mean, you they, watch I, mean it. I think I think what happens is because they were in like the crunch period or in this window of time where we all saw the game falling apart, that they're given more credence. To me, the one play that was bonkers and just kinda like, what the hell are you doing was the the Brandon Bostic trying to recover the onside kick when that 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 he clearly I mean there was no penalty called, there was no like he basically, he just didn't follow his instructions, and he tried to, to
1: me, he tried to be the hero, and then he was, you know. Look, I'll go one play before that, go. though, Brian. The The play where they, oh, no, this was a play, yeah, the play after that. No, you're right. That, that play was bonkers, and, like, it's ironic because now, in 2018, we have a situation where we have a play where, there's talk that the player did not listen to instructions and cost us a game. It's this was similar. a case for this was serious, though. This this was for sure he didn't follow instructions. Like yeah. he said it himself, like he went up there to make a play. He was supposed to just block. He, he made a mistake. The kicker is that they scored a touchdown on this. Again, special teams play. I've never, you hardly ever see onside kicks get recovered, and sure enough, they recovered one on us. It's incredible. They scored a touchdown. Okay. Another one where like we could have done better, but it, they scored on us. But the two-point conversion they scored was one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen in football. Like we yeah. literally threw it up. And I'm like a I'm like a Clinton Dix apologist. So basically this year for our non NFL people, there was great strife in Green Bay because the Packers made some personnel decisions in the middle of the season, one of those being getting rid of their first round pick of 2014. Haha, Clinton Dix. Many people didn't like his defense. I've always liked him because I thought he could make plays. However, when I watched this play here, It is inexplicable what he does. He doesn't make a play on the ball. Russell Wilson gets chased out of the pocket to the far right side of the field, turns around, heaves the ball as high as he can back to the left side of the end zone. We have, like, two guys looking at it, and Clint Dix is the closest. He looks at it, and their tight end just goes up and gets the ball. Our guy didn't make a play. Like, I watched that yesterday, and I was like, wow, like... That's what people were talking about with Clinton Dix. Like, like that's it. Like, that they is, must,
0: they must have quicksand pits. I couldn't believe he didn't too. make the play. Century Link, and, and this is
1: a big deal to me because at this point, Rodgers is unstoppable. We we come back and tie the game. Like, if we, but that's what I. De- okay, see that this is getting to my
0: point where like, how was Morgan Burnett when he went down going to know that like just let Aaron Rod like clearly Aaron Rodgers could move the ball. Right, mm-hmm. like he does it in the last, like he, in like in the crunchest of crunch time, where
1: the game is on the line and you got to get it, it, the very least in the field goal range. He does it. But my beat with the Morgan Burnett play is, it's not, he, he's not aware of the time. Like that's not the time to do it. Like five minutes is not the end of the game, man. Like it'd be yeah. like if you do it at twelve minutes, it's not a smart play. If you do it at eleven minutes, it's not a smart well, play. Well,
0: Pepper's gotten his head too. if He was trying to.
1: I, gr- I agree, but it, but it was, for me, not a smart play. Again, now, if yeah. you do it at four minutes, three minutes, then we have no problem, because now you're you're right, but at five minutes, there's a lot of game left, you know what I mean? It's like trying to go into, it's like soccer, people start, start wasting time with ten minutes left, like, you have a lot of time to get punished for doing that, and that's kind of what it felt like, but regardless, I feel at the end of the day, something that happens that we didn't talk about, this is the one thing that I do get on McCarthy about in, in this, like, a lot of people blame McCarthy for this loss, I didn't. Like, I blame more the defense of the special teams. The, the two things that we forgot to mention one is don't forget, Rodgers also sprained his ankle in this game because his calf is messed up. You had the back injury. We've talked about this. When one part of your body is screwed up, you sometimes overcompensate with the other parts of your body and then screw those parts up. That's what happened with Rodgers here. And this is important because one thing we don't talk about with Rodgers on our show. He's like the best running quarterback we've ever seen. Like, yeah. He's not like flashy like Michael Vick was or, or, or super amazing like Randall Cunningham. But he gets tons of yards rushing. He couldn't do that this game. I think that was a big factor that nobody talks about.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it go, I think it's just as big as any of the other plays that occurred in the fourth quarter. Just the
1: fact that one of his weapons was gone. The thing that really irked me about this game is that at some point in the third quarter, Richard Sherman almost breaks his arm. And he still plays, and we don't throw the ball at him once. That's the only thing I get really mad about with McCarthy. Everything else I kind of forgive. I think people are wrong. There's one thing where I think McCarthy was incorrect. I think it's okay to be conservative late in games. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what people do. I can accept that. I mean, they, they call timeouts. So that's part of football. That happens. I can't believe he doesn't attack their injured player who's still on the field. Because anybody else, if that's us, if, if we put an injured player out there, they try to hurt him. They try well, that's to go the at thing.
0: Him. Like, and you have a defense that has been basically on the field for a good chunk of that fourth quarter and you're just going to you waste 10 10 seconds essentially of clock time just that Aaron Rodgers just I I just don't understand why you wouldn't put all your trust in Aaron Rodgers in that situation to
1: basically run the clock out to win the game you know what I mean well because they hadn't done it all year because for all year they 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 done that they they given the ball to Eddie Lacy that's where they started their their six minute offense cuz that had been successful they've been doing that shit Yeah they'd but I go, mean oh, after your first sonny. run of
0: negative yards like I think at that point it's time to like Aaron Rodgers is the centerpiece of this team is the centerpiece of the franchise of the league at this point I like, guess see the ship is sinking like you had to have some kind of coach's intuition that like this is there's a couple things that haven't been going our way right now you know
1: I think we are coming to an impasse, Brian. Gridlock. Yeah, if you listen to the last ten minutes, and based on some of the conversations we've had off mic, I think uh, we're starting a different opinion. And I think it starts fundamentally—that, me if I'm wrong—I kind of feel like you assign equal value and equal weight to decisions and/or errors, regardless of time. So that is. An error in the first quarter is equal to an error in the second quarter, equal to an error in the third quarter, equal to an error in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I look at it holistically, and it may it's probably the angry father in me where, like, when my kids, at the end of the day, want to play Xbox, and I'm like, well, you know, if you weren't farting around doing 12 other things that you needed to do, you could have had time to play Xbox, but now it's time to go to bed. So I try to instill into them, like, every decision matters. Mm-hmm. Everything that you do during the course of the day counts. And maybe the angry dad in me is saying, Damn it Rogers, why'd you throw that interception? Well if you wouldn't have thrown that interception,
1: <laughs> you wouldn't have had to have a game winning field goal at the end. Exactly. Game time field goal at the end. Fair so, enough. I think that's a good analogy and I'm going to counter, but first let me let me add my point. I think that errors that occur late are more important or more valuable. So as I said, I felt that like I, I appreciate your, your family analogy. I think it's a little unfair when you put it in the world of sports, but I can't argue it. I'm not say it's not good fathering. It's not good son in place. Well, Of course I mean, it is. Take care of business early and get it sure. done. And sure, that works with sports too. And the other point
0: I wanted to make, and we talked about it briefly, is if you look at that Bears playoff game that occurred recently where that guy doinked it off the upright and then the crossbar, and pretty much every Bear fan was like, losing their crap, they wanted to murder this kicker. Yeah. To a man, every guy on the team came out and said it wasn't, he's not the guy, he's not the reason that we lost. It's just the play that exacerbated it. And when we were talking, I said, when you look at stuff as a story, it, it makes good for there to be a, a point at the end, you know, like an exclamation point at the end of any good story. Because we talk in stories, that's how we... How we the narrative, the narrative. If you will. of course, I agree. If you look at it like a robot, like I do, and you try to put equal <laughs> value to each part, then yeah, you can make that argument, but if you look at it, it, it depends. I guess I'm just saying it depends what lens you're looking
1: at. Exactly. No, that's the point. And so as I say, by no means we try to convince you, but to your family analogy, I always go back to another sport analogy. I look at it, say it's a closer in baseball. Say it's 1-0 in the ninth inning, both teams have that chance to score in the heaven, and you have the guy there to finish the game, and he doesn't finish it, they're not going to talk about the sponsors they didn't score. They might mention it, but at the end of the day, The real conversation is how he did not put the game away. Or similarly, if you have like, let's say you have a basketball situation where where there's no time left and you're down by one, you go in for the layup, you get fouled, you have two free throws, you don't put them away. They're not gonna talk about the guard who missed shots earlier. They're not talking about the shots you missed earlier. They're gonna talk about those two free throws you missed. So, while you're right, but they should. In life and in family, you should be taking care of business so that at the end nothing gets screwed up. The difference is that in sports, specifically championship games, like the you know, say Championship game, there's such a finality about it, such a totality about it. I kind of feel like if you have a chance to put the game away and you don't, that's what should have happened. You should have taken the game away and finished it. I felt like, as I say, we could argue back and forth. I felt like in that fourth in the second half of the fourth quarter, there were opportunities to put them away and they didn't put it away.
0: And, I see your point of view and definitely, I mean, they did screw up probably more in the second half than they did. Uh, no,
1: no, and the point you made was, you know, I had to think about it because you're right. If, if they score touchdowns or whatever, it's a different game. But at the end, you had your chances and you didn't do it. So we're getting pretty close to the end here. Before we give our final analysis, before we give the final verdict, what happened to that Super Bowl, Brian?
0: So after Seattle beat the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game, they played the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And everyone knows that New England is pretty much cheaters. Yeah, they they, uh, they have some agreement with the devil that they have to be in at least every other something. Super Bowl. Yeah, something like that. I call them three, that. Uh, three out of every five Super Bowls. I happily call them the Patriots. I don't, I don't so really like them. everyone recalls that they were, Seattle was moving down the field uh, to score the game-winning touchdown. To win the game. Yeah. They were on the one-yard line and rather than, than run it with Marsha- Marshawn Lynch, who had been killing the Patriots on that drive, they decided to have... Captain Nano Bubbles, your, Russell Wilson, your threw favorite it. Russell yeah. Wilson. And I think if you look at the replay when he threw it, like there was a nano bubble that like hit the ball and it just kind of deflected it a little bit. Kind of jostled his head a little yeah, bit. That's little. probably not true, but I like to think that's what happened. And then Malcolm Butler made the interception. The Patriots won the game, twenty-eight twenty-four. Uh, Patriots were the Super Bowl champions.
1: That was probably the loudest that I screamed for a for a non-Packer Super Bowl. I was
0: happy. yeah. Oh that, that 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 helped ease the sting of what I was feeling. So I was like, "Well, we screwed up the NFC Championship game.
1: <laughs> you screwed, screwed up, up the Super Bowl. Bowl." And like, like that is like, way worse it dramatically because yeah. it, it does. At the end of the day, if you think about it, in the aftermath, because of that thing, it does kind of take some of the the all-time sting off of our loss. Yeah, it's still an all-time loss, all-time collapse, and us here at home are hurting yeah. our hearts about that forever.
0: I mean, for all we know, we could be talking, we could, we could be like, well, you know, I'm really glad I won that NFC Championship game that I almost lost,
1: but... <laughs> instead, yeah. We weren't there. Whereas here, it's not like, it's totally different. Here, if you just do what you're supposed to do, run the ball with Marshall Lynch as you had for two weeks, you probably win this Super Bowl.
0: This is not a game that I would argue that... that Mistakes made in the first half <laughs> affected it. Like they just made a really, really, really epically bad decision, in, and they in, lost on that last play of the game. So,
1: so we were quite joyous so. that the Seattle Seahawks lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots.
0: So uh, after the game, after the loss of the NFC Championship game, Josh Sitton was quoted as saying, "I'd rather have gotten blown out and known in the first quarter it was over." So he took that really hard. I so feel he got that drunk on the way home
1: before you continue. So as you know from Brazil, I mentioned it earlier. In the episode, Brazil lost to Germany 7-1 to in the semifinals. Yeah. Once you knew it was over, you didn't have to watch it no more. So after you three, just concentrate after, on drinking. After 3-0, after 3-1, you know, you, you had no hope. Wow. In this case, you had so much hope that we were going to win Super Bowl. I know. Yes. Oh, just, uh, <laughs>
0: uh, after the game, Roger said we gave it away, which uh, an argument could be made for that. They really had it, and it slipped right through their hands. Uh, and then he said, uh, in November of 2018, uh, regular season game against Seattle, which we lost. Uh, he had said prior to the game, "This thing is probably never going to go away from that one." Yep. So you can tell it's a lot of. It still hurts a little.
1: It's not it's like it's like all the Packer fans, essentially.
0: Yeah. So uh, the Packers, uh, after the uh, the tragic loss, the 2015 Packers, they went 10 and 6, but lost in the divisional round to the Cardinals, 20 to 26. Another. Overtime, heartbreaking loss.
1: Like you 20 yards away from Gerald. Yeah, Yeah. he had
0: like a billion catches (laughs) and like all the yards.
1: 2016
0: Packers went 10 and 6. Also lost in the NFC Championship game, 44 to 21. A game that everyone thought they had no business in being in, anyways. And we alluded
1: to this earlier. This was where this was after he told the media that we were going to, I'm sorry, that that the Packers were going to run the table. Yes, which they did. Which they did.
0: And then they beat the Cowboys on a really nice last second drive. It was awesome. And then, yeah, so with this NFC Championship game, I went in thinking, they're probably gonna get killed and Mm -hmm. they did. They got murdered, yeah. It was was easy easy to watch. (laughs) I mean, it was hard to watch, but... But much easier to watch. Easier on my heart. Exactly. 2017, Roger breaks his collarbone, and there's, again, and they go seven nine and nine to miss the playoffs for the first time since 2008. Ted Thompson retires after the season. 2018 Packers, McCarthy gets fired, and the Packers are six, nine, and one, and they do not make the playoffs. And they have recently hired Matt. Cram it in your cram hole, the floor, for their head coach.
1: I don't even know what that, what that reference is. Dodgeball. Oh really? Okay, yeah. all right. Very good.
0: At the main character's name is Lafleur, Nice. his arch rival yeah. tells him to cram it in his cram hole. So one thing I want to hopefully we'll be cramming it in people's cram holes <laughs> all all in 2019 season.
1: Hopefully, one thing I did want to mention: McCarthy was let like go mid-season. This is something the Packers had never done before.
0: Yes, which yeah, not a good season. So here we will lead to our conclusion. So what do you think? Are you given the 2014? Green Bay Packers, the
1: alternative history. And we've talked about this, how I'm harsh on like my home team, because I don't want to be a homer when we do this and give it to them. And I and I really lean towards not giving it to them because as we talked about, this era of Packers is essentially historically bad on defense when it comes to the playoffs. We talked about how they gave up 51 points against the Cardinals in 09. They swept the won the Super Bowl, which was awesome in 10. But you give up 37 against the Giants, you gave up. 44 against the 49ers. And you finally give me a little hope when you lose 23 to 20 against the uh, 49ers next year. And now here, like, you stay in it. It's again, 28 to 22, like, and you gave up a ton of yards. So at the end of the day, like the scoring wasn't so historically bad. If you look at the analysis of stats, giving up all that yards was historically bad. But I ended up kind of forgiving that historically bad part because they also forced five turnovers. And as I've been talking to you about it and really thinking about it more and more, and after having the, the little debate we had for about 10 minutes there, I really feel like at the end of the day, as some of the coaches in place, I believe that, you know, no one play loses you a game. But I've seen single plays win you games. And I feel like the Packers had the chances to actually win the game here. Where, like, such a confluence, such a convergence, if you will, of, Amazing plays that never happen ever again. Happen against the Packers. Like I say, an onside kick, a fake field goal. Like, just stuff you never see. Yeah. happen to them. I feel that if they just take care of business, they win it. And because it's my show and I can do what I want, I forgive them that 195-yard rushing and end up giving them the alternative history and say they should have won the Super Bowl that year.
0: Well, I'm coming at more from a fire and brimstone angle where I definitely think they should have lost the game. They deserve to lose the game. I don't think that they there was any chance in H E double hockey stick that they could beat Seattle. because it's like you said, it's my show and I'm a very selfless person, person and I need this, I'm giving it to them. <laughs> the because <curveball. laughs> I thought for sure you were gonna give it to him. <laughs> it was like it's like every now and then you just gotta treat yourself. Gotcha. Or as as Flanders says, sometimes you gotta spoil yourself. Spoil yourself. Spoil yourself. Spoil yourself. <laughs> so, I need this Rod. This is a, a black mark on my soul, on my heart, and I'm taking it. We got gotcha. you. Just because I can.
1: I'm with you. Again, we said it in one of our very early episodes, this is a ploy to talk about what we want to talk about. Exactly. So let us know what you think. Are we full of crap? Are we
0: selfish SOBs who started their own show so they can just kind of... Spew? Live vicariously through their own insane ramblings.
1: And longings that can't happen. Exactly. Does my voice make you want to poke your
0: eyes out? Are you from Seattle and...
1: Think we're wrong? Can
0: have a worse tragedy you'd like to talk about? Like maybe a Super Bowl loss? Let us, Let us know. Yeah, give us a shoot us an email. We're at alternativehistorypodcast at gmail You can harass us on Twitter. Alt History, alt history
1: PC. Yep,
0: and on Facebook uh, at uh, Alternative History. History and on Instagram, Alternative History Podcast. And as
1: every time, we're on we are on iTunes and we are also on Google Play. If you can subscribe, if you can like, if you can comment, please do. It yep. always helps.
0: We're on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, pretty much everywhere you can get your podcast.
1: As usual, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it.